uh, just a couple of different themes, not really a sermon series this go around, but uh, today on our All Saints Sunday, I wanted to jump in to the ancient hymn book of the Jewish faith, the Psalms. And in the Psalm today, we have Psalm 145, which is attributed to King David, and it's an acrostic psalm. That means that every, the first word of every verse starts with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So if it was an acrostic in English, it would start with the first word would be A in a verse, and then B in a verse, and it would C in a verse, going through all the way to some type of verse at the end having a Z in it. And I don't know exactly how we do that, but uh, they, they do it quite well in Hebrew. And so it's a beautiful uh, song that we join in today. And it's a song about our praise to who God is. And we live in a world today where so many, I think, really struggle to wonder, does God care? Is he active? Is he real? Uh, or are we just here kind of all on our own? And uh, I hope that King David's song will help you connect today with this. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you. I will extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness, and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, O Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom. They speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall. He lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand, and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. And let all God's people say, Amen. Can you pray with me and for me? Heavenly Father, we just, I pray today, help us know you're real like David. Help us encounter your presence. Help us sense your heart of compassion and love. 
and to know that we never have to be alone, for you are with us to lift us up, to redeem us, and to save us. So, Lord, speak life into our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at the song of King David today, I don't know about you, but I sense in King David a man who has had a deep personal experience with the power and presence of the living God. David knows that God is real. He has seen him work in his life. God has brought him from being a shepherd out in the middle of nowhere to being a, an outsider on the run as a rebel to the king, to being the very greatest king of the ancient world in that area. David has seen God at work. And so for us today, in your lives and in your faith, whether you're here or watching online, my hope and prayer is that you as well might have an experience with the living God that helps you know that he is real and he is worthy of praise. Praise for his name forever and ever. Extolling him forever and ever as the early verses of the psalm sing. That is what we are made for and who we are made for. And brothers and sisters, there are so many in our lives today, in our world, who have given up on the idea of God being real. To them, if God is real, maybe he's a humbug. Maybe he's distant and uncaring. Maybe he is capricious and unkind, if at all. But maybe he doesn't exist at all. And, and for many of us, if we do believe in God, we have this bad tendency to make him in our image and to fit into our little box and to say, God, this must be who you are. And so because you're a lot like me, you must uh, like me. But everybody else, eh, probably not so much. But brothers and sisters, David in his song today blows up our little boxes about God. God is bigger and more incomprehensible and greater and more awesome and incredible than any of us can ask or imagine. He is the great mystery of all mysteries. And we see who he is. Our best glimpse at his mystery is through the works around us and how he has revealed himself to us both in creation and even more in his son the Lord Jesus Christ but this morning David writes for us first of all that we are to see God in creation as he says all your works praise you Lord verse 10 your faithful people extol you God is a God who has revealed himself in this universe. I mean, if you just stop and think about it, when I stop and think about it, I am floored. I mean, y'all, have you ever thought, when it comes to the vastness of this universe, we are less than ants. We're so small. Even seven or eight billion of us, we're still itty-bitty 
on this small planet that is gifted with water and an atmosphere and life unlike anything else we've yet found in the universe. It should be amazing. The beauty of the sunsets, the wonder of creation and the mountains and the seas and the oceans. Where does beauty come from? Doesn't beauty have to have a source, someone to paint a beautiful picture or make a beautiful creation? Doesn't beauty point to a maker? And then on top of that, you know, we're just one small planet, you know, a fraction the size of the incredible sun that heats us and gives us life and keeps us warm and allows life to flourish. And we're just one small solar system in a galaxy with millions of solar systems. And we're just one small galaxy in the midst of billions and billions of galaxies. Just looking at the new pictures off the new telescope that took the Hubble telescope's place, it just, it should floor us. How beautiful and vast and amazing this universe is and intricate and orderly. And to think that it came from nothing to me seems kind of, I don't know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It makes a whole lot more sense to see that at the heart of the universe is one who is bigger and greater and more powerful and more wise, one who takes chaos and brings order to it in his wisdom and grace, one who in, his, in the beauty he creates in that beauty is expressed a heart of love and compassion and care that gives life to us so that we can think and move and have our being, so that we can do all that we do as human beings. God is bigger than any of us can imagine or think. His greatness, in verse 3, no one can fathom. There is none like God. Not only is he at work in creation, though, David tells us as well he is at, at work as a sustainer of life. It is through him that we are able to live and continue on life's journey. It is through him and his providence that protects us from, you know, those asteroids that could hit and perhaps destroy the dinosaurs or whatever. As he says in the 14th and 15th verse, he says, verse 15, The eyes of all look to you. You give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. God sustains us, provides for us. He gives food to the ants and to the cockroaches. So we maybe rather not him give food to the cockroaches, but... They're still here. He gives food to the snakes and the wolves and the buffalo, to the lions, to humans. As he opens his hands, we all find what we need, and our desires are satisfied. Not only does God, 
through his creation shine forth and through sustaining shine forth. But in his mercy, brothers and sisters, his redeeming shines forth, in particular through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus, who conquered death, gives us the hope that as we celebrate these names uh, who have died in the past year, friends and family and loved ones, as we celebrate those names, that God is a God who loves and redeems us from death. And those who are gone from us are now in the presence of the living God. They are eager to be restored and renewed with a resurrection body and to live in the kingdom of God forever. That is who God is. And that's what, again, King David shares here. He says this, He says, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him, verse 19, and he hears their cry and saves them. He hears their cry and saves them. God is a God who redeems and saves our life from the pit, which is one of the other Psalms, Psalm 40 and others. This is who God is. And we are to remember who God is and that our lives are held accountable to him. We were made to praise him in his greatness and wonder and splendor. But how can we praise unless we're able to connect with a glimpse of who he is? How do we, like David, discover this amazing creator God? Well, David gives us a bit of advice. He says, I need you to do two things, verse 5 and 6. I need you to meditate on your wonderful works. And secondly, I will proclaim your great deeds. David calls us both to meditation and proclamation. And we can't do the proclamation until we've done the meditation. I don't know about you. I know in my own life, it is so easy in our modern world to get so distracted that we can feel very disconnected from God. We can feel like we've fallen, like we're bowed down. Verse 12, the Lord upholds those who fall, lifts up those who are bowed down. And in our disconnection, how do we reconnect? David's guidance is meditate on who God is and what he has done. Add a little silence to our life. Turn off our phone. Turn off the TV, even with watching Georgia win another game against Tennessee. Or tech actually went into, but after a while, we got to turn it off. I got to turn off my computer and instead take time to soak in the presence of the living God and meditate on not only how he worked in the past, but what he's working today. In the past, as David thought about this, he was thinking about a God who frees people from slavery in Egypt a God who brings them out into the desert and provides for them with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night who goes before them and when they're thirsty, he provides water. When they're hungry, he gives them manna and and, uh, birds and who for 40 years provided for them, who gave them the guidance of moral teaching through the law of Moses, who said, this is what it looks like to be in relationship with me. And as David thought about these things, he thought about how God was at work in his own life, taking him from being a shepherd to being a king, 
and saying, whoa, Lord, you are an awesome God. So how is God working in and through us and in your life and in your family and in your world today? Meditate and connect so that you may proclaim his great deeds to the next generation. To proclaim his great deeds, we must also know his name. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, verse 8, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good, for he has compassion on all he has made. This statement is known as the name of the living God, the name of the Lord that was revealed to Moses. David re-mentions it here. It's first mentioned way back in Exodus, though, when Moses said to God, uh, God, I've been with you all this time, but I've never seen you. If I'm your friend, I want to see you. God says, well, I can't show you all of who I am or you'll die. But I'll pass by and you can watch my backside as it goes by. And watching my backside, I will tell you who I am. And that day when God told him who he was, this is what he said. Verse 8, the Lord, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love, good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. The insight that Moses and David got with who God is, is God is real, God is living, and God is a gracious and compassionate God who bears with our faults and our failures, who is rich in constant covenant love, a love that is faithful and will never spoil or fade, a love that will see us even through death. It is this God who Jesus proclaimed and revealed in his own heart and life as the Son of the living God. And in this, we have discovered not just his name, but God our King and his kingdom. The last piece he mentions is, they tell of your glory for your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know your mighty acts, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. When Jesus came to this world, what did he preach and teach about? Love, yes, but the kingdom. God is a king who is building his kingdom. His basic message always was repent. God's kingdom is near. His rule, his reign is at work. It's time to get under his rule. Let him be your king and Lord. And as you let him be your king and Lord, you will take part in a and a rule that will never spoil or fade, a dominion that will never end, something that is worth being a part of, not just in this life, but forever. And again, as we mention the names who've gone before us today, we celebrate that they walked in the direction of the kingdom to be a part of what God is building through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so in all these things, how do we respond to what, who God is and what he has done? We respond with praise. We respond with thanksgiving. We respond by crying out and trusting in God to save us and lift us up. I don't know about you, there are moments in my life where I too, I get disconnected from God. I feel like, God, I've, I've 
fallen down too many times. You're tired of picking me up, I know, so maybe I'll just stay down this time and, and give up. But David shares of a God who doesn't, doesn't stop, doesn't let us stay on the floor. But when we hit rock bottom, he is there to pick us up and lift us up once again. And so the best thing we can do for this God and in relationship with this God is to praise him. I want to wrap things up by sharing some words of St. Augustine. St. Augustine was perhaps the greatest theologian, uh, one of the greatest theologians our world has seen in the 400 A.D. Uh, this is what he shares at the beginning of his confessions about how our hearts are wired to praise him. He says this, But still, since he, that is humanity, is a part of your creation, we wish to praise you. We're wired to praise you. He says, The thought of you stirs us so deeply that we cannot be content. We cannot be content unless we praise you. Because you have made us for yourself, and our hearts will be restless until they rest in you. Because you have made us for yourself, and our hearts will be restless until they rest in you. If you are struggling with contentment today, I don't know what you're looking to fill that void. But Augustine says, fill it with praise for the one who made you and loves you. He has made you for himself. And you will be restless until you learn to rest in him. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we seek you today, um, you are a great mystery. You are unknowable and amazing. But we thank you for the light you've shined on us in your creation. We thank you for the light of Jesus Christ and his heart and his love that shows your heart and your love incredibly clearly. We thank you, O oh God, for your mercy and grace that saves us, for your covenant love that stands by us, and for your willingness to be near the brokenhearted, to lift up the fallen, and to save the lost and the weak. Lord, save us today. Help us rejoice and give thanks in praise, and help us find you, that you're real, and have a real encounter with you that will change the course and direction of our lives forever. And Lord, put us on the course of your kingdom as we give thanks for those that have gone before us today and how you have put them on your course to model for us the way. In the precious and powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen.